Hey, Rob Bradford here. You guys know I'm always up for a good MVP story, and one of the best stories is Wasabi Technology. Wasabi is the world's hottest cloud storage company, and it's become the go-to provider for professional and collegiate sports teams, including 20 major league baseball teams like the Red Sox and NHL teams like the Bruins and Vancouver Canucks. Even the Liverpool Football Club is getting in on the Wasabi action. So why is Wasabi the MVP? Well, Wasabi was purpose-built to free businesses from skyrocketing storage costs and unpredictable transaction fees that the Amazons of the world are charging. In fact, Wasabi is up to 80% less than those hyperscalers and doesn't charge a cent for businesses to access their data. From Wasabi's AI-enabled intelligent media storage, Wasabi Air, to the industry's only cloud storage service with triple protection against cyber criminals, data deletion, and ransomware, Wasabi's taking the lead in driving innovation in data storage and helping sports teams to unleash the power of their data. Wasabi, another Boston-based champion championship team this is the reds hot stove room the reds are on the radio the reds hot stove league is brought to you by the holy grail banks tavern and grill beacon orthopedics and sports medicine jtm food group msa architects thompson mcconnell cadillac and by document destruction the reds hot stove league is also brought to you by and this one belongs to the Reds. CBTS, a Cincinnati Bell Company, technology solutions for business. Your tri-state Chevy dealers. Check out Chevy's award-winning lineup only at your tri-state Chevy dealers. The Healthcare Management Group, greater care for greater Cincinnati. And by Woody Sander Ford, I-75 at Mitchell Avenue, right in the middle of everywhere. Now, the Reds Hot Stove League on News Radio 700 WLW, the home of the Reds. Well, hello, hello, hello. Welcome, everybody. It is so nice to have all of you here. What an unbelievable crowd. I mean, it's just amazing. Here we are. I mean, it's a beautiful sunny day for a change today. Uh, But it is going to be cold tonight. We're at the Holy Grail Banks. Budweiser, a proud sponsor of the Reds Hot Stove League. And we remind you to grab your buds. Our next show will be Wednesday, November the 15th, with specials on Bud, Bud Light Bucket to the Holy Grail Banks, Cincinnati's home for sports. But a great crowd live here tonight, and uh, a lot going on in our show tonight. The first one of the year, we're coming off an incredible postseason in Major League Baseball. The World Series, doesn't matter if you had a rooting interest for any of the teams involved in the postseason, some of the best baseball that's been played in a long, long time, a thrilling seven-game World Series. Tonight, we'll have the Reds general manager. He's already here. Big round of applause, please, for Mr. Dick Williams. We're going to talk about some of the things that went on that you know about and and maybe some of the things you don't know about. And moving forward with the Reds in 2018 and beyond, the big story yesterday, and he'll be joining us later uh, on the telephone from his home outside of Indianapolis, Indiana, Tucker Barnhart wins a gold glove yesterday as the best defensive catcher in the National League. What an incredible journey it has been for him when you think about his whole career. He goes from being, you know, a nice number two backup kind of player then he becomes a guy who's basically a replacement for injury to Devin Mezzarocco the last couple of years. And here he is at 26 years old, and he's the first Reds catcher to win a gold glove since Johnny Bench won his 10th in a row. And the last year was 1977. He's the third Reds catcher to ever win a gold glove. Johnny Edwards won gold gloves in 1961 and 62. He played over 927 innings and committed one error. 
throwing out 44% of the base runners. Joey Votto, Adam Duvall, and Billy Hamilton all were in the finalists to win a gold glove. Each of them certainly a viable argument for the life of me. And I've been blessed enough to announce baseball for 30 years. I cannot believe that Billy Hamilton has not won a gold glove. Of any other player I've ever seen play baseball, I cannot believe that he did not win the gold glove. That went to Ender Enciarte. Fine player, excellent defender in Atlanta, but wow. Dick Williams, were you surprised Billy Hamilton did not win a gold glove as surprised as I was? Uh, two years in a row I've yeah. been surprised. But, uh, you know, couldn't be happier for Tucker. Couldn't be happier for all those guys getting the recognition. We've been building this team around defense. This is a group of guys that takes pride in their defense. They work hard on it. And I'm glad they've been rewarded for it. Um, and, you know, who, who gets it out of the three finalists? It's sort of there's a little black magic in there sometimes. Yeah, I don't think it makes you scratch your head. And you, you wish that the other team's, uh, you know, fans were watching your player more because then they might feel differently. All right. Now, now, before we talk about anything that happened necessarily with a major league club this year, and we'll get to that in a little while. But, you know, from a big picture in your job, you are overseeing the entire baseball operations of the Cincinnati Reds franchise. So when you look at 2017, and we can get off the Major League Club a little bit, but some of it has to do with the Major League Club. You look at 2017, and from your perspective, you see what that really went well this year. Well, that's, a, that's a great question. And, you know, the easy thing to do is talk about wins and losses at the major league level, and that's important to the fans. But you're right, there's so many more layers to what's going on. And, and for a team in our spot where we're rebuilding, um, you know, coming off a, a nice successful run there and then reloading the last few years, you got to look at it on a bunch of different levels. Sure. And, and I really do, and I'm, I'm really proud of what our organization did this year to put ourselves in a position to succeed in the coming years. And it's hard to do because you have to prioritize the longer-term vision sometimes uh, at, the, at the sacrifice of, of some of the shorter-term goals. So what we did this past year was uh, we had a monumental um, year and a half in terms of amateur player acquisition, domestically and internationally. Yes. We went far beyond where we've ever gone in terms of investing in the international market, signing three Impact Cuban players, several other uh, players from Latin America, they're going to make a big difference for us. We had two very, uh, very impactful drafts that are going to benefit us down the road. And not just that, player development. We made a lot of investments in our player development system, adding an affiliate, adding coaches at every level, investing in analytics, nutrition. Um, these are things that, that will pay dividends, but it will take time. But right now, we had to peel some money off the major league level and make sure we made all those commitments to the future. Um, in terms of even at the major league level, um, you know, the pro scouting department, the job they did um, in, in identifying Louis Castillo as a player to get in the Straley trade, identifying Scooter Jeanette as a, as a player we could go I out I want to interrupt you there because I, I think those are two things that a lot of us sometimes, events that take place during an offseason or in Scooter Jeanette's case, uh, you know, all of a sudden you're scooping him up with a week and a half, ten days left before the season starts when you get him from the Milwaukee Brewers. You know, it gets lost in a shuffle, as you know, once the season begins. And Castillo comes up and all of a sudden sets the world on fire. But those are things as an organization that frequently get overlooked. Those were two huge acquisitions. At least they were for this year. Yeah, they were big moves. And, and you know, they're two different types of, do, of deals. The, the, the trade, you have a lot of time to digest. You have a lot of discussion about it. You know, that took a lot of time over the offseason. Mike Hill and I went back and forth a lot over that trade. Scooter, a, a very different deal. You're at the end of spring training. Your budgets are set. 
Um, you're you're about to break camp, and, and a player of that impact level comes available, but he's making money. Um, so here you are 48 hours before the end of uh, uh, spring training, and, and you got to go knock on the owner's door and say, hey, w- you know, we need this kind of money to make this move because we think he's going to be impactful on our team. And you have to have pro scouts that are convicted in what they sure. think, right? Because I have a day to talk it over with my guys, and then I'm going into Bob's office, and I'm going to say we feel like we need to do this move. And our pro scouts did a fantastic job of saying Scooter fits the profile of, of what we need, and he's going to be a good kid in this clubhouse. And um, – you know, from the moment he came over, he had a couple of days there in spring training to get to know him, and he just—it was like he'd been there uh, for a long time. He—he—he he, he, uh, he walked right in and, and made friends with the coaches and the players, and was off and running. You know, one of the deals you made just recently, and it made huge news here in Cincinnati for obvious reasons, is bringing Buddy Bell back into the Reds family. Obviously, we know about the Bell family: Gus Bell, Buddy Bell, David Bell, uh, baseball royalty, if you will, Mike Bell. Uh, played professional baseball as well. And, of course, Gus playing for the Reds. Buddy played for the Reds. You're bringing him in to do what? A little bit of everything. Okay. You know, a guy with that uh, talent level and, and that variety of uh, skills is, is always valuable to an organization. He really fills one hole that I, need, that I needed filled in my front office. I've got a lot of capable guys um, of a variety of backgrounds um, and ages and organizations um, but no one with the experience on the field and in the dugout that Buddy has. And I think that's important, especially when I'm dealing with the major league coaches um, and the relationship that our major league coaching staff has with the player development department. Buddy's run, um, you know, he's run a team. Done it all. And he's run player development. He's, he's been an assistant GM in the front office. He has done it all. He's got a very, very good uh, way with people, and he's very sharp. And I haven't met anyone in the game that has anything bad to say about him. He's going to be very impactful, but what was really nice about it was I didn't have to recruit him. He called, and he said, I want to end my career in Cincinnati. I want to move home and be around my family. I want to be around the organization that my family, you know, started with, and I want to come home if you can find a spot. And that was a pretty easy conversation to have with Bob. We're going to continue our conversation with Dick Williams. I'd like to remind you that the Reds Holiday Gift Pack is on sale right now. It starts at only $40. The gift pack includes four ticket credits good toward any combination of games next year. You also get a new limited edition luxury throw blanket featuring the Great American Ballpark Skyline. Purchase your Reds Holiday Gift Pack today at the Reds Kiosk located in the Kenwood Town Center or at Reds.com slash holiday. Some restrictions do apply. We are back with more Reds general manager Dick Williams, our first Reds Hot Stove League show of the year from the Holy Grail Banks, presented by Budweiser. We're back in a moment. All right, we know the big event during the offseason is the Fox Sports Ohio Reds Fest. It's presented by PNC Bank. It's coming up December 1st and 2nd, right down the road at the Duke Energy Convention Center. All of you know what it's all about. It's the best two days during the offseason. You have current, former Reds players, autographs, photographs, everything. Live music, interactive games. Incredible whether you're going with your buddies, you're taking a date, maybe you're taking your wife, you're bringing your kids, it's through the roof. You can buy your Reds Fest Fest tickets today at Reds.com slash Reds Fest. This is a Reds Hot Stove League, back live from the Holy Grail Banks, presented by Budweiser, and kind enough to join us on this opening show of the 2017-18 Reds Hot Stove League program as Reds General Manager Dick Williams. And, young man, you have a question for Mr. Williams. 
Yeah. Uh, first off, I want to thank uh, Mr. Williams from coming for coming out here tonight and taking time from this. I, I assume would be a busy schedule. Uh, Nick Senzel seems to be on the pace to on a, seems to be on a quick pace to the big leagues. Uh, what would uh, what would the, is there a plan to have him learn any other position since Suarez seems to be adjusting well to playing at third base? It's a great question. You know, Dick, you and I were talking a little bit about this before uh, we went on the program tonight, that, that one of the real challenges in your job among many, but when you're looking at, you know, Cozart's a free agent, all of a sudden Suarez has played shortstop in the past, and Zell's coming up, but Suarez is playing great. Uh, you have Peraza around, who certainly is a guy you could play at shortstop. You had Jeanette, who's coming back. Peraza played second. There are a lot of moving parts there. A lot of good players. Yeah, that, that important good position player. I like that. You know, it reminds me of uh, when, when uh, Todd Frazier came up, and he was obviously a well-regarded player when we put him in our system. Like Nick, very talented, um, could play different spots, had played shortstop, played third. You know, with Todd, there was a a time where we thought he was going to have to come to the big leagues as a left fielder. Um, We knew he could play second. He played a little bit of that for us. Um, There's a balance you strike between getting him settled at one spot and trying to maintain flexibility. And with with Todd, there was a time there where we felt like we, we got a little carried away with moving him around. Um, when we settled him in at third base, you know, obviously he took off. Uh, Nick has played third base very effectively. I think he's shown he can do that at the big league level. Our scouts and our player development people think he can. But there's a lot of value in being able to have some flexibility there. I think we'll expose him to second base. That's another spot where he could possibly come up here. You know, Scooter's got two years left under control, uh, Suarez three. Nick's played shortstop. He, we think he could play a corner outfield spot. I don't think we'll bounce him around too much because I think he's one of those guys, if you put him there, he'd, he'd, he'd grab it pretty quickly and run with it. Um, but that's a great question. I think we're going we're gonna to debate it in spring training, but I wouldn't be surprised if we see him add at least one position to his arsenal um, early in the season in AAA. And probably fair to say that he starts the season at AAA this year where he ended last year, right? Most likely. You know, I, I get a lot of questions about what's going to happen next year, and if I learn one thing, it's not to get too attached to any particular plan for a player because they all come at different speeds uh, but I think right now uh, Nick the, the most likely progression after finishing the year at double a would be to start at triple a next year you know one thing that happened you, you mentioned the minor leagues and you had two teams in the Reds minor league system that that won in the playoffs this year now you know a lot of times you get in that whole delicate balance of are your minor leagues for player development and then how much importance is placed on those teams winning bottom line is you had some teams winning yeah development is first yes but winning's not far behind you'd like you really like those guys to learn to win and it's a a validation that you've got successful players coming up through your system so you do like to win um, on occasion and it had been a a few years since Dayton had had put a a winning team out there as they were starting to remind us Um, and this year it just came together they played very well the Pensacola team, uh, you know, really, really sure. dominated, and I think they won the, you know, their division for about the fifth straight half season or sixth straight half season. They've been on a real roll. Which you know speaks they, a lot to the volume. I don't mean to interrupt yeah. you, but but it really that team in particular more than any other speaks to the volume of of the players and pitchers that the Reds are bringing through the organization because that was a team 
that was anchored by Mally and Castillo as their starters, and we know they were brought up. So what was left behind that had to fill in, those were the guys that pitched into a championship. Yeah, Lopez, uh, guys you'll hear about. Jose Lopez and Jesus Reyes did a great job. Wyatt Strahan, those are the next generation that are coming. But before before you had uh, Castillo and Molly down there, that's where Romano and Reed and Stevenson, those guys all came through there and won there. And I know they've had a little bit of a rocky start to the – the postseason or to the their big league careers but they're just starting their big league careers and and when i look at i looked the other day at the stats for the last eight starts that romano and and stevenson had you know you're talking about three era for romano sure. stevenson two five castillo two three for their last eight starts yep. that's a good sample size and molly only made four starts but he had a 270 era that's a that's a nice uh, way to finish the season and go into next we're going to talk more about those guys here in a minute young lady what is your name and thank you for stepping up Thank you for having me. My name is Kellyanne, and I was wondering if you could tell us a little bit more about the training that our minor league players are going to be taking advantage of. That's turned into a whole different world in and of itself, right? It, I it, mean, between nutrition, right? Lord knows all of us could use a little nutrition, right? But, I mean, that, that's a whole different animal, right? I'm so glad that it has evolved the way it has because there's nothing more important than developing these assets. And you hear the stories of minor league life. Um, up until a few years ago, I mean, it's, it, it, it was all fast food. It was long bus rides. Sure. And, and now people are realizing that we have to invest more in the future of our players. And so we are, we are making sure they are way better fed, way better informed about the benefits of sleep. We're changing their bus and plane schedules to put them on a proper rest schedule. We're rotating the amount of time that they're playing in order to get them on a better schedule get the most out of their abilities and it's give me an example of that i mean because the people at home i think all of us picture a minor league player you play a night game and and let's just say for the hypothetically all right louisville and and then all of a sudden uh the next day you're going to be playing a night game in uh new orleans okay so what would what would what was the old way and what's the new way well the the old way for one was you you finished and all the restaurants were closed so the clubby would put out peanut butter and jelly um, and because that was all the clubby could afford um, and you know the players had meal money but they could the fast food places were closed maybe they could get the bus to stop on the way somewhere but the bus would would then leave an hour after the game and you'd bus for three hours in the middle of the night not sleeping um, and get to your destination sometime in the middle of the night and then try to sleep when it's light out in the morning and your body clock would be completely ruined not not the way you want to uh, prepare yourself for a baseball game now we're, we're contracting ahead of time for pregame and postgame meals. The club is paying for it out of our own pocket. We're getting catered uh, meals that are prepared by a nutritionist. The menus, we have nutritionists now at the major league level and the minor league level. That are That's deciding. not Michelle Obama doing that, is it? <laughs> no, but I, I heard she's qualified. <laughs> okay, all right. Um, and the, but the players have loved it. You know, you go to these uh, clubhouses now, and what they get, what they get after the games, they're thrilled with. Yeah. Um, and and then they're, you know, they may be spending the night in the hotel and getting up and doing a bus ride in the morning, um, when they're a lot more alert sure. and they've had a full night's rest. So little things like that make a big difference. And we're we're all about investing in in, the, in these guys. We've added coaches at every level in the in the minor leagues, and I think whatever resources we can give them they're going to give back to us in the future. Thank you so much for that question. So we're going to take a break, and uh, Dick Williams will stick around for a little bit longer. We have Tucker Barnhart coming up on the telephone in a little while. You're listening to the Reds Hot Stove League live from the Holy Grail Banks, presented by Budweiser. We're back in a minute. 
And we welcome you back to the Reds Hot Stove League, live from the Holy Grail Banks. Great crowd here tonight, presented by Budweiser. I mean, just an awesome crowd. In honor of Veterans Day, the Reds Hall of Fame and Museum, headed up by our good friend, the pride of Athens, Ohio, Mr. Rick Walls, is pleased to offer all veterans and active military members complimentary general admission with a valid ID November the 10th, 11th, and 12th. It's great stuff in honor of Veterans Day by the Reds Hall of Fame and Museum. All right, young man, are you ready to go? What's your name and what is your question? Hi, my name is Dylan Drummy, and my question is, um, where do you see Jesse Winker in the future of the franchise? Awesome, Dylan. Give me some of that. Give me some of that. Let's hear it for him. Come on. Good it takes some guts for that young man to get up here. I like the questions we've had so yeah. far tonight. You know? The youngsters, too. That's a good name to know for the future. Jesse Winker is going to be a big part of our outfield going forward. You know, I, I've always loved Jesse's approach. He's just, um, he's always been a hitter. He knows what to do to get on base. He's probably the guy that most reminds me of Joey Votto um, that came up through our minor league system, and that's obviously quite a, you know, comparison to make to someone. But, but I would say Jesse, in terms of knowledge of what he's trying to do, going up there with a plan, he's probably the, the most advanced left-handed hitter that, that has come through our system recently. Um, and Nixon's elf similar uh, from the right side, I think, in terms of having a plan when he gets to the plate. I really like seeing that from those polished young hitters. But hey, Jesse's, we're challenging him to work on his defense right now. He's, he's in town, actually. He, he was in the stadium working out this morning. Um, he's going to be back tomorrow. And that's the one thing that he knows he's going to have to work harder on than other guys. His speed doesn't come as naturally to him, but he's a very instinctual baseball player. And I think um, if he can continue to improve his range out there in the outfield, he can be really valuable on either corner. But he's a nice bat to have, and, um, you know, I I see him in a big part of the future. Hey, before we went to break, you started talking about, you know, how well the young pitchers, especially Romano, Malley, Castillo, and Stevenson, pitched at the end of the year. Desclafani did not throw a pitch the entire season. Homer Bailey came back, had his ups and downs, had some really good games, some not so good games. How much of an advantage is it for the young trio in particular of Romano, Stevenson, and Malley to have pitched as well as they did when given the opportunity, especially down the stretch after innings were starting to pile up? How big of an advantage do those guys have going into spring training ahead of the Cody Reeds of the world, or the guys who got the opportunity two years ago and then again at the start of last year, a little bit at the end, but you know where I'm going. I mean, it's almost like those guys were leapfrogged by these younger group of pitchers. Yeah, it, it, it does give them a leg up, the fact that they came up and really from from the first couple starts looked like they belonged and they felt comfortable, and that's a big part of pitching is, is coming into it with the right mindset. Now, I think what is, was lost a little bit in the Cody Reed discussion was some of these guys were a victim of circumstance. And I think Cody Reed's got a lot of talent. And he, this year in spring training, there was a little bit of, um, you know, confusion as to his role because of the way that the injuries unfolded. Right. And we'd really set our offseason plan, and we didn't know about Homer's injury until the end, you know, late January. Disco, we find out once we get there in spring training. And Finnegan, we find out right in the beginning of the season. And all of a sudden, Cody Reed's in the big league bullpen. And that's a lot to ask of a young player that's trying to make his way into the starting rotation. Now, all of a sudden, he's got a different set of things to worry about, a different type of preparation and, you know, different sort of a strain being put on his arm. And so Cody was – and then all of a sudden, he, you know, he's in the bullpen. Then he made a start. 
you know, and then it was like, well, that didn't go well, and then he had to be back in minor leagues. And that's not the way we plan to develop these guys. And so Cody was a little bit of the victim of circumstance. Now, once he was down there in AAA, um, you know, he started to pitch better. He had some good runs and some bad runs, and we just really wanted to let him settle for a while. I think that's what Romano and Castillo you know, and even Tyler and Robert benefited from there at the end is they knew they were going to get the ball mm-hmm. five days later. When Garrett and Reed pitched early in the season, it was a little bit more of a scramble yep. to find someone, and that was a lot to ask of those guys at the time. have another question here from uh, our live audience. Hi. Hi there. How are you? Fine, thanks. Good. Hi, my name is Phyllis Ann, <laughs> and my question is, do you think that there is as much talent today as in days past in the game of baseball? Well, you know, Tommy would be much more qualified to talk uh, about uh, days I'm past really than qualified. I would. Yeah, well, you're right about that part. <laughs> Thanks for rubbing that in. The gray hair maybe. the He's seen ball. a lot more baseball than that. <clears throat> you know, I, I think it's safe to say that, that the adage about everything in life is they're bigger, they're stronger, they're faster than they've ever been before. I mean, you look at Major League Baseball players, 40 years ago, they're 5'10", 170 pounds. A decade later, they're 6'1", they're 195 pounds. A decade later, they're 6'2", 210. Now they're 6'4", 220. Not every one of them, but, you know, you just look at the Reds' young pitchers that came up in the last year or two, very hard to see a guy that doesn't look like he should be a power forward on a basketball team. They're really tall and they're strong, but I'm not so sure they're nearly as durable as they used to be, and I don't know if that's because they're playing too much baseball when they're younger. We were talking about that with some parents and grandparents here before where their 14-year-old kids are playing 70, 80 games of summer league baseball as a 12 and a 13 and a 14-year-old. I've never thought that was good for a kid at that young to be playing that much baseball. You get arguments for that. And also the type of baseball they're playing now, a lot more showcase-oriented, especially for the top players, doesn't lend itself to learning the team game as well. So your parents pay, you go to a showcase so that you're seen by scouts, but everybody on that field that day paid to be there, so you're not going to see a lot of sacrifice bunting. You're not going to see a lot of team baseball. And so the baseball IQs may not be as high. And, you know, I'll finish it off here. In 2001, when I announced the Arizona Diamondbacks game, and this is what blew my mind about this year's postseason more than anything else, Kurt Schilling was the number one starter for the Diamondbacks. Randy Johnson was the number two starter. Two Hall of Fame pitchers. Kurt Schilling started game one, game four, game seven of the World Series. Did not pitch fewer than seven innings in any of those games. Clayton Kershaw this year pitched game one, game four, and had to pitch out of the bullpen, did not start game seven. Randy Johnson started game two, game six, and pitched in the bullpen game seven. And they pitched more innings this year than Kershaw did. So I think there's something about a little of that, too. You know what I mean? All right, we got to go. A big round of applause for Dick Williams for coming by tonight. Awesome stuff. Thanks for having me, Tom. Thanks, man. When we come back, we're going to have Tucker Barnhart on the telephone. He just found out yesterday he won the Gold Glove Award in the National League. We're back in a minute. All righty, we welcome you back to the Red Hot Stove League, live from the Holy Grail Banks, presented by Budweiser. All right, well, we were talking about him earlier, and 
I'm not going to say it's a surprise. What, what I will say is this. For eight years in a row, Yadier Molina won the gold glove as a catcher in the National League, and deservedly so. Tucker Barnhart would tell you the same thing. Buster Posey stopped that streak at eight in a row when he won it last year at the catcher's position for the Giants. When you have guys who generally are big offensive stars, unless they're just a complete butcher at their position defensively, through the years, the Gold Glove Award gets tilted sometimes to guys who put up big offensive numbers. Tucker Barnard had the best offensive season he's ever had in the major leagues. But we brought up earlier, and Tucker Barnard kind enough to join us, I'm assuming, from outside of Indianapolis. Tucker Barnard, welcome to the Reds Hot Stove League. And for probably about 200 people in here and everybody listening on the Reds Radio Network, congratulations. Were you surprised? Thank you, thank you. I'm uh, to, to be on here with you guys for the first time. But uh, to be honest with you, yeah, I was a little, I, I was a little surprised. Um, just when you, when I was listening to the lead-in right there, and, and you talk about the, the the star power that the award usually carries. Um, to beat out two of those guys and hell to even be just mentioned with those two guys um, as a finalist is is an honor in itself. Um, but to to beat those guys out, man, it's a, it's it's an honor. It really it leaves me leaves me somewhat speechless. I've been I've been talking about it all day, and it's just it, it seems to get better and better the more questions I answer about it. Um, and it really hasn't set in, you know. I mean. I think uh, this weekend uh, I'm going to New York tomorrow for a for a banquet dinner on Friday and an award ceremony where I actually get to see the award. I don't know if I get to take it home there or not, but uh, I think it'll really set in there. You know, I, I'm curious when when the Cardinals were in town in September. And look, I know a lot of Reds fans. You know, they don't like Molina and the fight that goes back a few years ago. And you know, a lot of that's old news now. But when that article came out and he was interviewed after a game one night after they had played the Reds and he was asked about you and he said, there is no doubt in my mind this guy deserves to win a gold glove. Did that catch you off guard and surprise you at all in any way, in a positive way? Definitely. I mean, I, I, I it's almost a sin to say it in Reds country, but I grew up, I grew up idolizing Yachty. I grew up, he's a guy that I, that I, wanted to be like, you know, and, and my, my, my first welcome to the major leagues moment was when in my debut and we played the Cardinals in 14 and, and I, he came to the plate and he tapped me on the shin guard and said, Tucker, congratulations. I hope you have a, a long career. I mean, that, that was the moment to, to me was like, holy cow, I'm in the big leagues. And then fast forward to this summer when he, when he said those, the kind words, I mean, you know, it just, it, it, I, I've worked. I've worked very, very hard, and, and there's a ton of people that I that I need to thank. My my family, Mike Stefanski, the Reds. Um, but for for my hard work to to, to be noticed and, and 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 seen by my peers and the and the coaches that I play against, you know, it's it's truly an honor. And and to hear Yachty say those those, those nice words, it, it means a lot. And I, he texted me he texted me this morning and told me congratulations. He was proud of me. So. It's, it's really cool, really cool to hear from him. You know, Tucker, as you know, you and I have talked about it before. You know, I announce the NFL every weekend for Fox, and, and, and the toughness of the football players is, is mind-boggling. I don't think there's any doubt about that. But I've always said for years and years that I thought the toughest guys in the world were guys that played catcher in Major League Baseball or even Minor League Baseball. Are there any words to try to describe the common guy 
those of us that are sitting here right now, Reds fans, men, women, kids, whatever, is there any way to describe the pain that you wake up in, and some days more than others, but, but is it pretty much every day you wake up during the season there's a part of your body that hurts? You know, I, I, I wouldn't say hurts. Uh, sore, I would say, is a better, a better way to describe it. I mean, when, when you're in – when you're in July and it's you're in Atlanta and it's 98 degrees and 100 whatever percent humidity and you're sweating through three uniforms uh, throughout the, the one game, I mean, it, it's it's taxing, man. It really is. I, I, I so when I talk to people about what is catching or what's the best advice you can give a young catcher, it's to me is you have to want to catch. Like it's that simple. If you have any doubt of whether you think catching is too hard, you, go, you better go play another position because it's harder than you could and more demanding than you could think about it being, you know. And to be honest with you, I, I don't know how to describe it other than it's, they call it the tools of ignorance for a reason. And, I mean, you get beat up on a daily basis. Um, but, you know, it, it, for me, it's, it's you're the quarterback. You, you, you're, everybody is looking into you for signs and signals and, and if you can, if you can be either a lead by example or lead vocally or whatever, you're in a good spot. So I've always enjoyed catching, uh, and so it's 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 paid off. So I'm extremely happy. I gotta believe you're gonna look at 2017 one day when you're an old man or maybe a not so old man, but you're gonna say, gonna be hard to beat 2017. I mean, the way you played on the field, you're blessed to have your first child. I mean, that's about as good as it gets, right? It, 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 yes. Personally, I, I, I've been asked this question all day, and personally, I don't think it could get better. Uh, I the the Gold Glove for me, as far as the type of player that I am, I, I grew up always thinking about my defense. I, I got some good advice that, that there's eight other guys in the lineup that can bail you out offensively, but if there's a ball in the dirt with the winning run on third base, there's nobody else that can bail you out, so you better be able to block it. You better be uh, confident to do it, confident enough to do it. So, yeah, I, I don't think personally that it can get better. Um, in the broader, bigger picture, um, I just want to win more games. That's yep. all it is. Yep. I don't want. I don't care what it takes. I just I, I want to win more games, and and for me, that's how. 2018 could be better. I'm gonna do, I'm gonna work as hard as I did last off season and the one before that and before that and before that to be at the level that I was last year and hopefully we can just as a team win more bowl games. Well, Tucker, I just want to uh, speak for all Reds fans. Uh, congratulations. We are really really happy for you and excited for you. Have a great off season. Thanks for the time tonight, and we will look forward to seeing you in February. How's that sound? Sounds good. I'll see you guys at Red Fest. How about that? Oh, Red Fest. <laughs> better yet, that's right, in two weeks. All right, Tucker, congratulations. Congratulations. Thanks, Tom. I appreciate it. Thanks, everybody. All righty. Tucker Barnhart, Gold Glove winner for the Reds. We're back with more from the Holy Grail Banks in a moment. All righty, final minute and a half of show number one. For those of you along the Reds Radio Network, we will be coming your way Wednesday nights this year. I know in the past we've gone on Tuesday nights. We are Wednesday nights from 6 to 7, and we will be right here at the Holy uh, Grail Banks. And our sponsor is Budweiser. Come on down and join us. I mean, it's a great atmosphere, and a lot of folks who love Reds baseball and want to hang out for a while. And you have the opportunity to ask questions and meet some really cool people uh, outside of Marty Brenneman. That's a hit-or-miss proposition on a semi-regular basis. 
Don't forget, though, the next big event coming up will be Fox Sports Ohio Reds Fest, presented by PNC Bank, Friday, December 1st, from 3 in the afternoon until 10.30, then on Saturday, December 2nd, 11 a.m. to 6.30 p.m., and, of course, that will be at the Duke Energy Convention Center right here in downtown Cincinnati. It's the largest team fan fest in all the Major League Baseball. More than 75 current players and coaches, Reds Hall of Famers, Alumni broadcasters scheduled to be there. Joey Votto will be there. Tucker Barnhart will be there. Eric Davis will be there. Nick Senzel will be there. Hunter Green will be there. How about that? The first 11,000 fans at Reds Fest each day will get a free rosy red Christmas ornament and drawstring bag. We've got the Reds Fest bingo. That will be on Friday night. The 12th Annual Prestige Audiovisual and Creative Services Rick Steiner Celebrity Poker Tournament presented by Ashley Fence. That will be on Saturday, December the 2nd. A guaranteed prize this year of $11,000 for first place. And you can visit reds.com slash redsfest for all the information. Thank you, everybody. We will see you next week. Have a great week. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey.